Real rerun starting. Sorry. Uh, hey guys, uh, how's it going? Uh, welcome, welcome to the latest episode of Will Rewind. I'm, I'm your host, Callum, joined as usual by George. Yeah. I'm Alex. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Okay. Um. Uh. And in, in this week's uh, uh, film review, uh, uh, I've chosen uh, to review uh, the the Im Im the Imitation Game, which is a, a 2014 film directed by uh, 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 Morton Tilden, and it tells the story uh, of Alan of Alan Shaw and played play by Benedict Cumberbatch, who essentially tells the story of World War Two cryptographers that that um that that broke the German Enigma code. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, yes. it's basically the, the film takes place during their time at, at, at Bletchley Bletch, Bletch Park, and yeah, and the film also stars uh, 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 Kira Knightley as Joan Clark as well. I was gonna say, I just that's why I did my Kira Knightley impression at the beginning of the episode. Which <laughs> <she's> not... <laughs> Jack, but you can't have love, actually. <laughs> yeah, so like, um, I mainly chose films. I, I'm, I've researched and studied a lot about Alan Turing and so on. I've always been really interested in. I've even like found ways like to, I've researched and uh, uh, read his papers on uh, compute compute machinery and intelligence, and obviously looked a lot as well in the concept of machine machines thing, which I use a lot a lot in my uh, university dissertation. So I was quite excited. So I saw this film. It's a film that I quite like when I saw like you know I saw it in cinema like you know six years ago. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, what I know you guys thoughts on it. I know as well that this film has got some discrepancies for having a few historic inaccuracies and. Possibly some areas which could be done better, which I can agree with. But um, overall, I yeah. enjoyed the film. So, mm. start with uh, Alex. What's your thoughts on the film? Uh, yeah, I also I guess very similar to you, having you know doing a computer science background. Like I knew who Alan Turing was mm. before. Comes up in a couple of lectures. Uh, I remember actually getting asked about him pretty much every university. Like I got asked about that, and like in a you know the induction days or whatever. Yeah, it's it's always feel way of doing computer science. You just can't dodge it, can you? Yeah. Um, but I mean, he was incredibly smart and kind of like the granddaddy of computer, or mm. built the granddaddy of computers. So, um, yeah, I I enjoyed this film. Uh, I think Benedict Cumberbatch does a really good job, as mm. does Keira Knightley. There are, I would say, more than a few historical inaccuracies. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm aware of this. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I do think they try and kind of glide over the whole homosexual aspect of it and they're like it comes up a couple of times but they're like eh, we'll just kind of glide over that and then it'll come back at the end um but yeah i yeah i thought the film was yeah. pretty good i really enjoy it yeah i do um, think that they tried to um yeah they, they, like obviously they did show um we don't show they did go to Wellington with, 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 with the uh, uh the chemical castration they went obviously into him trying to hide homosexuality I do think mm. they went way too far into they made the relationship between him and Joan Clark way more than it actually probably was yes and maybe dumbed down as well like how um again like obviously you know his homosexual character maybe like they didn't re represent it enough or more could that more so I'm not sure Obviously, not, not my, my place to say, really. Mm. Um, yeah. So, George, what's your thoughts on the film? You're going to regret asking that. I know. I think it's all right. I, I was having you. I thought we'd say that. Like, uh, well, the thing is, is I was watching it with someone, and we were sort of talking about like, this is really cliche. This is really stereotypical. This is really like cliche. And then we looked up, and it was like, oh, all the stuff that we're saying is cliche is false. That like, I feel a lot like it's quite paint by numbers of 
there's a guy who's like a villain and hates him. Alan Turing acts like every nerd in every <laughs> film ever. Like it, it's very plain as a movie. Like it's visually quite flat and there's sort of, this sort of orange tone to the whole thing. And it's not particularly dynamic. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, they really like Bender Cumberbatch is good, but I do think that he plays a stereotypical film nerd and has a lot of stuff where it's like very cliche and I feel like the the man is interesting I I don't come from a computer background and I don't necessarily know tons about Alan Turing but I know about him and I I like his history I suppose or not like it but I'm interested in it but I, I think that the biggest criticism I have for this movie is that it feels like they could have done I mentioned it I think to Alex a handful of times so he's probably sick of hearing it but I feel like they could have done a really good um, half an hour, 45 minute, two part um, BBC drama, which focused on Alan Turing and his life. And... Yeah, no, but I, then with this movie, I feel like they're like, we're going to make a two hour movie that needs to appeal to as many people as we can. That I feel like a lot of aspects of the film are very stereotypical, are very cliche, are very dumbed down, are very convenient and kind of designed clearly to be like, okay, what does a mass audience want to see in this movie? And we'll do it. And there's a lot of like stuff that I, you can't put everything in because he was had a complicated life. But I do feel like there's a lot of stuff that they just jump over and a lot yeah. of stuff that... Um, again, I think I, uh, the biggest issue, I think I the movie is fine. I just think it's so inoffensive and so trying to be appealing to a mass audience in the middle of the road that it then is a middle of the road film yeah me. i agree completely what you say well about how he's trying to pill everyone how like that's that's essentially they, they want to tell the story but also like i said they tame down stuff like the homosexuality yeah like none of the drama is really that big and then they try and like inflate moments of drama where they talk about like yeah. things that didn't happen or they like try and labor points like yeah, moments there is, where there are a lot of moments in this film which i did notice where they like throw in conflict for like the sake of the scene yeah um just to have something that is overcome so like the biggest ones i remember like i looked some stuff up yesterday after i watched the film so like just for an example because i think something stuck out the most to me was when um uh joan what's her last name Karen joan, clark. Karen, joan clark when joan clark turns up a i mean a she wasn't uh, she already worked at Wesley park before alan turing she wasn't um, recruited via a crossword. But like in the film, she turns up because of the crossword thing, which is fine for the sake of the film. But then, like the superiors or whatever, are like, a woman, woman, women can't be smart. She can't be doing this. Um, and then, like Alan Turing comes along and is like, well, hey, if she completed the crossword really quick, you know, sit down, do the test. Yeah. And then she does it really quick. Um, so you have that kind of thing of conflict of like, oh, we'll add a bit of conflict of like, these guys are sexist and you've got to get around that as well. Just like an extra thing to overcome. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Whereas, Sorry, go on. But in, in reality, she already worked in another department at Bletchley Park, but the supervisors realised quite how smart she was and actually went, you should go and do this because clearly you are very good at it. Well, so that's... Sorry, I'll let you finish. But... Yeah, so it's just that thing of like that's added in for the sake of having something to overcome in a scene, but is also actually the opposite of the truth in this case. Yeah, it's it, well, it's, it's it's one of those things where like I think it's, it's, it's a stable though. Like a lot of films, are, I feel like probably George Lucas as well, like how um, 
I see sometimes when you do this sort of thing, I, it, it's a point of like making a film move forward and helping it like helping the drama in it. Sometimes the actual having real life, you know, it's what yeah. actually actually did happen, is not interesting to watch in a film. So yes. nearly all films well, do. It's like how a big example of that is probably Bohemian Rhapsody, which we all know has loads well, of. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody is is one hundred percent fictitious. Bohemian exactly. Rhapsody happens to have a passing resemblance to Freddie Mercury because he's got big teeth, but yeah. apart from that, everything else yeah, is made up. and then, of course, all the things in the film line up perfectly so this story can flow through. And again, in a script, ignoring reality, it probably went for not saying absolutely a good film. No, it's not. Anyway, yeah, uh, it, yeah, the script goes through and flows very well, but when you look at actually what happened in real life, what happened in real life makes sense and it's down to earth and what actually happened, but it just doesn't work in a film format. So I do get they've got to change things, make it more interesting in a film, but... Like yes, said, there's, yes there's an extent no. to how, like you said, yeah, like like don't change it to how you, you could have. I'm sure someone, if you have, if, could have written her working at a wedding and someone finding her found like wanted to put her on the team, yeah. it well, could have written that very well rather than doing a crossword thing. Well, that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? it you, with any biopic, you do have to sort of bend or exaggerate the truth because life tends to not be very cinematic, and these stories yeah. tend not to be smooth and cut and paste and easy to follow. There are complications because humans are complicated. I, I do think with um, the imitation game, they do that in the most safe, stereotypical, mm. cliche way, and I think you can see that in the performances. I think you can see that in the development of the film. I think that they like clearly tried to cut this into acts, and because of that, I think there's stuff of like, oh, the guy who everyone hates math, math in this. Like as soon as someone says maths, they hate. Like I don't know, were the 40s an era of witchcraft because as soon as they're like, oh, I've got two sandwiches, and Alan Turing is like, add another two, and that's four, and they're like, oh, I hate you, oh, maths. Like, everyone seems to hate, like, there's a thing where Charles Dance is made to be antagonist, I think, purely so they can have an antagonist, yeah. and because the stereotypical paint-by-numbers script for this film would have an antagonist coming at this point, so they have an antagonist coming. But It's there, almost like how... Another, so another, another thing they add as well, like how uh, Matthew Goody plays Hugh Alexander. Again, we don't have always like real life, but always add the idea of like, so when they, they didn't get along with, and now he's friends later, you know. Mm. That's There's also, um, there was also someone very important within the code breaking within that kind of time. Uh, I believe his name was George Welshman, who I don't think is actually even in this film. No, well, he's not. That's the thing, is, um, is I, I haven't looked up a ton of stuff about this film because. We can go on about all day about the historical accuracies. There's a whole stuff of, again, I think, Cumberbatch is fine, but I think he just plays a stereotypical well, that, nerd. That nerd. So Yeah, he did. I, you know, um, I, but I think, as George mentioned it to me yesterday, uh, and then I think this is one of those films which I do really like, and I like, I really like, you know, Alan Turing, and like what he did is really incredible. And I think it is a good story. I think they did play it very safe, but it is one of the films that the more you kind of look into it, the less, the more I'm like, ah, oh, I just feel like they were like, oh, we'll just take the vague premise rather than basing it on a real story, if that makes sense. Um, um, yeah. But like what George is saying about him just playing a cliched nerd is Alan Turing was definitely very odd and incredibly smart. He was. But actually... I, he did have friends. I was going to say, we looked this up, of I because I made the point of he does display a, uh, like, kind of stuttering, uh, socially awkward, doesn't, un, like, take things too literally, literally, sorry, uh, nerd who's, like, shy and embarrassed and doesn't get on with people and is arrogant. And then we were like, oh, but maybe that is how Turing was. And we looked it up and he definitely was exact, like, well, he definitely was strange, but he was, 
apparently really funny. He had a great sense of humour. He had friends. One thing as well we need to mention though is that um, no, not many people watching knew what he was like. That's the thing. A lot, a lot of this film was guessing what he's like. Also, what yeah. they appreciate is, is that when they come back, actually did base a lot of his memories actually on his paper because I, 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 I love his paper and his actual imitation game. And when you look at that, you you do actually see this kind of man who wrote that because only someone like that would have written this game. Yeah, but then it's stuff of like he's yeah. like. When the the scene that gets me as stereotypical is the lunch scene, yes. where they're like, "Oh, do you want to go for lunch?" And he's like, "Well, you didn't ask if I wanted lunch. You just said, do I want to go for lunch?'" Like, "Oh, but we're gonna go for lunch." He's like, "Oh, you didn't invite." Like, no one talks like that, and there is a thing of like, "Oh, I'm talking." Uh, well, uh... well, but it's a thing of every single nerd or scientist in cinema does that same thing, and it is a thing of looking it up when I talk to Alex about it. They were like, "Oh, Alan Turing did have a tendency to take things literally." But he also had a great sense of humor. He was friendly. People got on with him. He had. Mm. He was aware of. He wasn't this stuttering, stammering. I, I don't like sandwiches, so I won't want a sandwich. A who the fuck doesn't like sandwiches? Everyone likes sandwiches. Shut up, Alan Turing. Also, the, the my favorite part of this movie is when the Alan Turing is having a lunch, and then that guy comes up and is like, "Hey, I fixed your machine," and then takes his sandwich, and Alan Turing is like, "Oh, you you took my sandwich. That's my sandwich." And then he's like, oh, I thought you didn't like sandwiches. Bitch, he said that to you a year ago in an offhanded comment. How do you know, how do you remember the fact that he doesn't like sandwiches? Like, there's so many, there's that motto that his friend tells him, which is dumb, which is like, oh, only the unexpected do unexpected things or whatever. I like that line. They repeat it every time because they think it's really deep and cliche. And I feel like that that is a problem with this movie is they hold things that precious that aren't and i feel like they are like oh we'll, we'll give him this sort of convenient motto and this soppy life story well, no, that and... line actually came from joan clark herself that was actually like recorded in the night but then it's stuff of like they they named his um machine christopher when it wasn't called chris and all yeah, like, that part that was that was what i did i was going to let george do his sandwich right out of the way mm. first yeah. Because who doesn't like sandwiches? My yes, point yes. is that okay, George. George, okay. get every, it. Don't every, do it again. No, not the episode. Every, not the episode. Every cinema nerd or whatever has those sort of. Um, yes. Every cinema nerd ever hates sandwiches. So it, it's a thing. Oh, that's not my point. So that's not my point. as well? Yeah. Like, if we're in the same room recording, yeah, I'll do a thing where like I was sitting like George going, George, can I come down? And I was pass 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 him in my pit, and he'll be calm. <laughs> my point is every single, not every single, but. A cliche of cinema nerds is how Benedict Cumberbatch acts in this movie. And it is that argument of, well, maybe Alan Turing acted like that. But records or, like, people have come out and said that he didn't. That that is, I think, a very... That, I think, highlights the problem with this movie is what does a cliche character or movie or plot moment look like in this style of film? And we'll just replicate that. And I think that the sandwich scene where they ask about sandwiches and he takes it too literally or whatever is an example of that. I've never heard someone mm. run, run about like a throwaway line. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't running about a throwaway line. I was explaining the point, but you do the thing <laughs> if you cut me off because you just don't understand it or whatever. And I then it's like, it. and then I have to kind of try and defend it. Calm down. <laughs> okay, George, have you finished the, sa- the sandwich round? Yes. Do you have any? Okay, cool. What I was going to say um because this is what i mean about like where i think they've it, it kind of agreed with george but not about sandwiches but about that he probably did have a very good sense of humor and well, yeah, I with that. Yeah. Awkward. But, like, that was my point the machine was named it wasn't actually named christopher it was named bomber or something it's after a, a song 
Mm. Um, after like Victory, a funny song. Sorry. Wasn't it named Victory? No, it was named. Uh, I I um, thought but yeah, good. like it was it they gave it a funny name and they did all work in it together. And like there are some bits where I'm like, oh I see why you so like they did all work together on the machine and I see why if they just you know, from the start of the, this film, if they were like, We'll all work together and build this machine, it would be a bit boring cinematic uh, cinematically. So that stuff I can forgive, but yeah, I think they have just gone a little too far with what they've added to this film. Like it doesn't ruin it for me. But it does maybe stop it being a great film. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think um, uh, nonetheless, it's still, I still, it's quite an interesting story to tell. So I said, not many people know about Alan Turing, and I think it's quite a good way to make his story more known to wide audience overall, like the character itself. How do you feel about that, Alex? Uh, sorry, I was trying to look something up. I, 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 I didn't mean to say. So I mean, just get, just not not saying this based on this film. I mean, like getting like the the the, the man known. More. No, because I, I more bring that up because in my discussion with Alex, um, he was talking about everyone knows of Alan Turing and he's a very well known figure. And my argument was that I don't know if he is outside of computer science. I don't. Oh, think, no, no, I don't, I, I don't I, think yeah. he is. No. No, no, I um, no, I I think I said within. Computer science. Yes, I, I, my, yeah, I was sort of saying like uh, I think. And yeah, I think this the best thing about this film is it does bring him more into the spotlight. Yes. Um, yeah. And I while obviously that... now that you know, there's probably going to be a lot of stuff about Alan Turing that is, uh, or that people think is fact that isn't necessarily true because of this film. At least people know who he is and know. What he did. Yeah, like, overall, the underlying story is still there. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with this film is I think that him as a character and his story is in really interesting, and it kind of to a degree becomes difficult to criticize this movie because he was so mm. interesting and brave and kind of incredible that. Um, Bamba, sorry, the machine was named Bamba after. Uh, well, wasn't there, isn't, there isn't one machine, right? There's like two hundred. Machines? No, there is one machine, uh, or at least there was one original. There was one original, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I think that he. The issue is, is the story of him, and um, who he is, and who he, and what he he did, is great and is incredible. I think the issue is, is this movie is kind of tries to play it safe and is very bland. That because of that, I don't really like the film. But that isn't necessarily a criticism of him or what the yeah well i'd like can i read out a quote by one of the actors who was talking about fact checking this film yeah so he said because i think there was let me find the start of it so it said like graham moore is one of the writers um i think when you use uh, the language of fact checking to talk about a film i think you're sort of fundamentally misunderstanding how a lot works is how he said it which is kind of an admission of they were like yeah, we haven't really fact-checked this at all. Yeah, which is yeah. why like, I didn't go out and um, research a ton of stuff about this or whatever, because I don't think that's necessarily... The point of the film. The point of the film was really of concern. It's more film-telling, like, showing oh. you this man, essentially, isn't it? The one thing that I did look at, which is why I um, was... is because the, electromagn- the electromechanical machine was called Victory, and it was collaborative, not individual effort, is mm. what I was getting confused with. Ah, uh, fair, yeah. 
I think all the machines were a joint effort to be fair. Well, again, it's the thing of there wasn't one machine that Turing built. There was like 200, and none of them were built at Butchard Park. Is what I remember reading somewhere. That again, I, it's the thing of I don't, I, I didn't go out. I looked up facts to when we were discussing it with someone, but yeah, I didn't I'm go out sure afterwards and be like, I'm gonna. Uh, not according to the one thing I read, but again, I'm not an expert, so um, it's the thing of I didn't go out and research a ton of stuff to correct this film because I was just like, well, I don't, you know, that isn't necessarily the point. You can talk about big things that aren't the same, but every biopic will have slightly different tellings of stories or whatever. Mm. Like, yeah, um, overall, like, so actually, like something that didn't happen. I, I, it's such a tragic story, though, how we actually. I got caught, got caught. Obviously, you tell what time that was actually a law, but you got caught yeah. being homosexual, and um, um, it was quite interesting in the film. Where they added that, like that, that annoying um police officer that just was just basically just bloody nosy, and it's his fault. Like this happened to him, and he's kept but, digging. Yeah, again, that's a, a thing they added for the flow of the film. Which yeah, I know. I'm saying, I'm I saying as a film, though. I an, yeah, I think that's an interesting addition. Yeah, and his sort of regret when he finds out what he actually did um, is kind of quite well done, I think. I think he's sort of mm. once Bendit Cumberbatch, or oh, Alan Turing, sorry, tells him the story of his life, tells him the plot of the imitation game. Yeah. He sort of realises that he's made a huge mistake and regrets his actions and Mm. Yeah, that's something, but... I I quite like that like that addition to the film with him. It, it made it yeah, inter- it, like, and you because you also I like that they they did it straight from the beginning that he's being interrogated, and yeah. you're just watching like you say like you saw with the guy going like looking at his man like oh he's in prison what what's, what's he done and then you realise mm. oh okay yeah. he's done all this and helped basically save the country yeah and you've just ruined his life. I think that sorry yeah. sorry to keep harping on about it yeah. but like the problem I have with that scene is that, like where he's like you know. When he finishes telling uh, the police officer the story, and he's like, you know, what am I, man, machine, hero, criminal? Um, that scene, I really like it. It's really good. Yeah. Except for when you look it up, it doesn't actually make sense because of the factual accuracy of the film. So the reason he's like, you know, am I a hero, am I a criminal, is because, you know, he had the power to save more people, but they had to work out, you know, what they could yeah. get away with and what they had to, you know, I let guess. Yeah. Um, which I well, my understanding is that's why he's like, am I a hero or am I a criminal? For you See, know, my understanding die. was it's a criminal to be gay, so yeah. am I a criminal because I'm gay? Is oh, okay. Well, in, yeah, okay. That. So re- I think it's both, but I. I mm. But yeah, within the. I was with George. I think it's more like him going, yeah, am I like yeah. basically after saying I saved you all, but then I was did this, am I coming around my hero? You know, it's like, I, I, yeah. I'm both, yeah. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's the worst. But then also, it's quite interesting because I, mean, I, I do, do like that because it actually falls into the, what the imitation game is. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, except, well, the one thing I was going to say is that Alan Turing never actually had anything to do with what information was used. His job was purely getting and getting, uh, intercepting and then mm. um, decoding all of the messages. He didn't actually have anything to do with um, what they used and what they didn't. That was done by other people. There's also um, the whole thing of the Russian spy, which I don't think really goes anywhere. And again, it's a thing of like, if that happened in real life, I, I don't know, I didn't research it, whatever. But I do think they introduce this thing of like, someone's a Russian spy. And then Mark, I, they, he discovers who it is, and then Mark Strong is like, yeah, he's a Russian spy. And then they just sort of, there's no fallout to that. He's just like, oh, you knew? 
So yeah, I knew we'd just been leaking some stuff to the Russians. He's like, oh, yeah. cool, just so long as we cleared it up, and then goes back to working with them. Yeah, like there's no yeah. repercussion to that. That that I, I actually don't mind that. Um, like I think that's because that's a good way to you know like add in some conflict between uh you know the guy that really wants Attention. him fired and him. Uh, and I guess, like, but they don't need that conflict. Everyone's already afraid of maths. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's not actual conflict, George. Uh, what the film thinks it is is the, the um, issue, but uh, it's more just like that has no payoff. I don't think. Like once he reveals who the Russian spy is and the guy is like a Mark Strong, sort of says like, "Oh yeah, we've been feeding some stuff to the Russians to help us along because yeah. you know it's beneficial." There isn't the thing of like, "Oh, he then like questions whether he can really trust the people and he can question whether his work is actually sacred." He's just sort of like, "Oh, okay, just just as long as you know who he is, oh, that's fine," and then just moves yeah. on like. There isn't a scene where they like have an awkward confrontation afterwards, or he then harbors mm. the construction of the machine because he doesn't trust this guy because he knows he's a Russian spy. There's none of that. He's just like, oh yeah, I knew he's a Russian spy. I, he's a Russian spy. The guy's like, yeah, I know. And then when it like, oh cool, okay, as long as we're on the same page, and then just moves on. Yeah. That it's weird that that could have been something that they would. I guess they could have done more with. There's that, just yeah. no real like payoff to it when yeah. it's a thing that they introduce into the film and sort of talk about and i think the scene where he rev- discovers who it is is quite good the yeah. he did mm. the bible well, and i feel like it's well, like mark strong was mark, um, mark strong did pretty with what, what, what he's given but i feel like mark strong was just sort of just there you know true he's yeah. good in the scenes he's in he's not yeah. necessarily a fundamental part and um, just a not not as a criticism of the film but just in case anyone's interested uh, the truth of the spy is he wasn't actually part but he wasn't in high eight which was like alan turing's team Okay, so he, was so he wasn't part of the, the, the actual... Yeah, the so, like, he wouldn't have had anything really to do with Alan Turing. It's just weird of, like, they introduce it, and, like, again, the scene where they he discovers him is quite suspenseful or whatever, and then he goes mm. to Mark. And there isn't a case of... um, There isn't any fallout to that. Like, there again, there isn't a thing of he questions whether he actually is doing the right thing, or he questions whether the people he's working with, it. he doesn't, like, yeah. harbour the development of the thing, because he suddenly doesn't trust his team again and doesn't want to work. He literally is just as like, oh, cool, as long as we're on the same page, and then goes back to working with him like normal. But yeah. It's kind of this weird moment of there's no importance or significance to the int- spy the entire time. Mm. Well, that's that's the thing I would say. Like, is I still, like, I do enjoy this film. I think it's good. Um, I would, you know, remove some of the relationship stuff between him and Joe because that's greatly exaggerated. And there are a lot of bits where I'm like, you could get rid of that and put more emphasis on But that stuff stuff sells to audiences. Yeah, that's what added it. Well, yeah, I guess, but... That's the criticism I have of this film, is maybe they shouldn't have been like, okay, we need to hit middle America, we need to hit middle Britain and get this into as many theatres as we can and make it as popular as we can. You yeah. do have the argument then of that then meant that Alan Turing's story became more well known and that's a good thing. But mm. I think the thing is they were I I get the sense from this film that they were a lot more concerned about it doing well and appealing to enough the m- larger majority of people than really focusing on him or a, a great story or whatever that um I think it suffers to a degree. But well, it it did. It, it, well, overall, like it did, like I said, it did pretty well overall. Like I think before we near it, it, it was only, the, the budget was only fourteen million and it, and it grossed two hundred thirty-three million, which is very impressive considering. Oh wow! Yeah, but again, I think they did that because yeah. they created like the trailers. I remember, I remember someone talking about it in the trailer. My sister 
was saying about she was watching the trailer and someone with her was like, like oh, we can already tell what's going to happen. He's going to fall in love with her. Because the whole trailer we're playing is like a uh, atonement-style rom-com before, yeah. like, melodrama romantic thing between him and Keira Knightley. And I think the plot and like all the advertising plays to that because I think they were trying to get as many people as opposed to yeah. telling it, a great story about them. eight Oscar nominations. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise that, really. Did it, didn't Benedict Cumberbatch win? No, he got, that... he got nominated. It won oh, best... no, it was uh, Eddie Redmayne won it, didn't he? For... Uh, is that, is that... Yeah, that, yeah um, it's the same year, yeah, yeah. Stephen Hawking yeah. won, wasn't it? Because I remember they were, like, pitted against each other. Yeah, and like... then I know as well, like, um, it won best, screen... best after screenplay. Which is crazy. Yeah, to be fair, that's Well, it's crazy. based off a book, isn't it? Rather than uh, maybe off the real events. I don't know. I think it's literally just... I think it's just based on his paper. Uh, because um, it, 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 his paper came out in 1951, no, 50, so at that time, before he, 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 he committed suicide. Yeah. And it's called Computer, Computer Machinery and Intelligence, which explores, again, it, obviously, because it was a government health secret, it didn't go into actual, and the paper goes into cryptography, and obviously, when, you look, when they were released, people also realised later, after they were, after they were released, um, that, that obviously, the government held secret. Obviously, I think it got released in the nineties when like everyone found out about it. Mm. Um, then you look back at the paper and realise, oh, he's actually on about the breaking enigma. They didn't realise he just subtly said it, and we're like it's talking about cryptography, but not directly uh, mentioning it to Nick Enigma. Uh, to, to be fair, according to this, the it's based off of a biography written about him by Andrew Rogers. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I thought so, I thought it more to paper. Well, I mean, that will obviously take a lot of influence. And yeah. That'll take a lot of stuff from yeah. his papers and things like that. Oh, one thing I was to say about this film as well is that I really like the soundtrack, which is by Alexander. I can't remember his name. Alexander Displat, Display, Displat. Mm. George, that's not right. I don't know if you know. What? Um, Alexander Displat. I can't remember his name ever. I don't know. I will say that I think that I personally think the soundtrack is very unobtrusive and very. Really. Um. Yeah. I. I don't think it particularly stands out in any. Oh, I really liked it. I think it's kind of unobtrusive and a bit plain, uh, uh, to a degree. I, I can recall anything about the soundtrack because I don't think it, it is particularly strong. Again, I I kind of feel like a lot of this movie is very like muted colours, very dull, very flat sort of cinematography. Personally, yeah. well, I think I think I will like about this. I think overall, everyone in the film gave a pretty good a, 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 a good performance. Yeah. Um. I thought, like I said, like I, I, I do wish they didn't exaggerate some parts of the story. I think some parts, obviously, you need, you need for cinema, but some bits, which, like I said, like the, I think the, the romance. I wish they didn't. Well, no, it wasn't a romance, but the relationship between Joan Clark and him. I wish they didn't exaggerate that too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, some of that speaks on better. So I think overall, it was, it was a pretty good film. Um. Yeah. But uh, uh, what, uh, so Alex, what do you rate it out of five? I would say three and a half. Mm-hmm. George. I don't. I'm uh, two and a half. Oh, really? I just think it's very middle of the. I I do enjoy the performances. I don't necessarily know if they stand out. I think they're good. Um, and again, I like the the history of the man, and I like the man himself. I just think this movie is very unobtrusive and very plain and middle of the road, and very safe and cliched and like, yeah. See, I'm more like with Alex. I might, I think I probably, probably guys probably guess I've enjoyed George more a bit more than you guys. I'll probably go three and a half to four. That's my sort of rating for it. But I yeah. say, based on my views, an average three would be fair, would you say? 
Yeah, I think Drew's yeah. pretty okay. average. Okay. Yeah, George, you've got that? Yeah, yeah, I was torn between the three or two and a half, but I think I ultimately went two and a half, I think. Yeah, okay, we'll give us an overall average of a three waiting for more, more of us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that was this week's film review, and so now we are on to the back to the generation. Which oh I, god! So, to be fair, so far, they, yeah. like, so far there's only one bad film, which is done. Yeah, yeah now done you've now you've tempted it, Callum. I've tempted it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't want to. <laughs> okay, Don two, Don two. Look, if I'm going to be honest, if we have a bad film, could it at least not be three hours long this time? Please. That is true. That was the worst part about. Um... I, I was saying when I really watched it, probably didn't I? <laughs> Yeah, you were. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's alright. I'm not sorry. Uh, you had you had that choice. You made George, your med- you laboured it. Yeah, we're just together anyway. Yeah. I'm trying George, to try the stall while I just I'm trying to stall while I just uh, get yeah. to. Okay. George, roll the Netflix generator. <laughs> Can I have a drum roll, please? It is on Netflix. It's Zip and Zap and the Captain's Island. What is that? Which it's a Spanish. It looks like a kids' film, but it's a Spanish. Spanish action family comedy of the at, tag. At Christmas, Zip and Zap take a trip with their parents to a remote island where a friendly, friendly woman wanders a children, children's home and, and a mystery awaits. The tag, the the tags for it are family com- comedies, Spanish films, action comedies, and it says this film is exciting. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so yeah, we're going to be reviewing Zip and Zap. Spanish kids film. Yep, and the Captain's Island. Yep. Uh, it's hour 45 as well, not too bad. Yeah. This is all three hours, isn't it, really? Is this subtitles or is it even dubbed? I don't know. Well, I mean, the, the title is in Spanish, so I suspect it's probably subtitled. Can't wait. Cool. Okay, everyone. Uh, so, uh, so next week, next week, sorry, yeah, next week we'll be uh, reviewing Zip and Zap and the Captain's Island. Mm-hmm. Hope you're enjoying that. And um, if you want to watch one of us, what's on? It's on Netflix. You know, you probably won't want to. <laughs> I don't know. It might be good. Let's it could not be good. Yeah, it could, could be good. Yeah. Okay. Could, could Let's go to book cover. It could surprise me. Yeah. But yeah, so everyone, uh, 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 thank, uh, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next episode. We'll rewind. Thank you for listening to Real Rewind, where you can tune into new episodes every Monday and Wednesday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Anchor, and Radio Public. Please follow Real Rewind on Facebook at The Real Rewind on Twitter and Real underscore Rewind on Instagram. See you soon.